0: It's time for another episode of The Adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective, brought to you by Sugar Twinkles Cereal. Sugar Twinkles, they're made with sugar for energy and a fairy dusting of eight vitamins and minerals to make it twinkly healthy. Grown ups and kids alike love Sugar Twinkles. Make it a part of your breakfast.
1: Will Ruby here. I've always loved a good puzzle. One of the reasons I became a private detective. Really hating all the rules and regulations that went with being a cop was the biggest reason I switched professions, but even when I was a cop, I was all about the puzzle. My brother George is too. He's still a cop. He likes being a cop, but he's always been about the hunt and not the violence. He didn't like this one case of mine very much. I'm not sure why. It was chock full of puzzles was also full of greed, deception, nutty ancestors, and a client who, uh, getting ahead of myself. It was the middle of summer. It had been a pretty nutty summer up till then, with tons of cases, and babies, and even a lunar eclipse. So it wasn't a big surprise when one particularly hot afternoon, a woman stumbled in, dressed in a flowy flowered gown, and a look so deathly, I thought she had risen from the grave for a minute. Of course, it didn't help that Harry, My sister and partner, Harriet Ruby, and I were discussing horror movies, when she walked in.
2: The Thing from Another World is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I was on the edge of my seat from the opening credits. I can't believe you didn't like it.
1: I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it gave me the creeps. So many times I thought something was going to jump out and it didn't until all of a sudden, Pow! Well, Roberta was covered in popcorn by the end.
2: (laughs) I bet she was also laughing at you. She loves scary movies. She told me so herself. I heard she was trying to get you to see The Fall of the House of Usher.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it is not going to happen. Mr. Poe and I do not get along. Yeah! Should I call an ambulance for you, miss? You're as pale as, dare I say, a ghost.
2: no,
0: thank you. There's nothing a good night's sleep won't cure. I haven't been able to sleep for three nights straight, you see. That's why I'm here.
1: You. you know this is a detective agency and not a sanitarium, right?
2: Will! Oh, please have a seat, miss. Thank you.
0: My name is Margot Lawson. Please call me Margot. And yes, I know where I am. I'm perfectly sane. I assure you, I need a detective to find out what's keeping me from sleep.
3: Oh? Uh,
1: Why do you think you need a detective to cure your insomnia?
0: I'm convinced someone is trying to kill me, or drive me insane, or maybe even both. Three nights ago, the bookcase in my room fell on my bed. If I hadn't just rolled to one side, I would be dead right now. That bookcase is seven feet tall and weighs at least 500 pounds. And it has been standing in that room for almost 100 years. My bed was completely crushed. The night before last, I heard stomping overhead. I went up to the attic to see if I had overweight squirrels sneaking in or something. And do you know what I found in the dust? Big boot prints like from the kind of boots construction workers wear. Last night was the last straw. I had just dropped off when I was awakened by a voice. It was quite menacing. It said that my ancestor, Terrence Lawson, had committed grave grievances and that I had to pay for them as I was the last remaining Lawson. I don't believe in ghosts, but I can't explain that voice. I'm sure the police would only laugh at me if I tried to report what's been happening. So I turned to you, Can you help me?
1: That's quite a story. I don't know if I can help you. Not yet. That you're not trying to convince me to believe in spirits is encouraging. Uh, Let's start with a few questions. Crossed anyone lately?
0: No, not at all. I don't have any friends, Mr. Ruby, other than Beverly. Beverly Palmer. She and I have been practically sisters almost our whole lives. We met in first grade. She wouldn't hesitate to tell me if she was upset with me, and she would never, ever wreck such havoc. Is she the only person you talk to? No. There is dear Edwin. He's my fiancé. And Baudelaire, he's the butler. Well, I call him that. He's really everything. Cook, housekeeper, groundsman. Both of them are devoted to me.
1: Ah. Butler, huh? So you have money?
0: No. Not like you're imagining, anyway. My parents left me a small trust fund, which is just enough to pay my bills and maintain the monstrosity my family has called my home for almost a hundred years. Baudelaire is part of that legacy. His family has served mine for generations.
1: I'm going to ignore that cliche for the time being. Why do you call your home a monstrosity?
0: Because there is no other word for loss and keep. If you have ever been
2: through Highland Park, you've seen it. It's a home made out of stone. I have seen it. It looks like a medieval castle. I always wondered if it was maybe a set left over from the silent film days. No, it's a real home. It's actually a replica of the original family seat in
0: Northern England. The ancestor I was warned about, Terence Lawson, built it, actually. He even had the same stone shipped over. He copied the original down to the last hand-forged nail.
1: Oh, house must be quite valuable, then.
0: On paper, yes, but it's unsellable. No two rooms are the same size. Stairs are meandering and steep. I only use four or five bedrooms as it's far too expensive to eat the whole place. It's too expensive to tear down though. A few potential buyers have looked into it and backed out when they saw the cost. Won't you come and take a look for yourself? Maybe you can find clues as to who is trying to drive me insane.
1: If your trust can afford $100 a day plus expenses, we'll come.
0: Here is $500 for a retainer. Will that suffice?
1: Oh, uh, (laughs) it will indeed. Let's go see if you have ghosts in the bedroom or bats in the belfry. Margot used the perfect word for her house. It is a monstrosity. The heavy stone exterior almost feels threatening. There are even parapets on the roof. Inside isn't much better. Old Terrence scaled the place down from the original, but it still has a dozen bedrooms, a kitchen bigger than my whole apartment, and a great hall with a fireplace you could rent out as an extra bedroom. Some of the rooms have been modernized with regular walls and floors, but most of them are just the original stone. Margo gave us a tour of the whole thing, a tour that ended in a drawing room that was already occupied.
0: That's it, other than the attic. We can see that later if you like.
4: Margot, darling, I phoned the instant I got home from the airport and Baudelaire gave me your distressing
0: news. Are you all right? Yes, just very tired. Will, Harry, this is my friend Beverly Palmer. Beverly, Will and Harry Ruby. Will Ruby?
4: The Will Ruby? Detective extraordinaire? I've read about your exploits in the paper. Margot, you're not in good hands. You're in the best hands. Ah, thank you for that.
5: Madame, Messieurs Edwin and Vernon.
0: Thank you, Baudelaire. Would you serve tea for all of us, please?
5: I will to service. Margot, my love, how are you holding up?
2: I'm better now that you're here. I feel like I've somehow stumbled into a Victorian romance novel.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Let's see if we can get back to the uh, present. Uh, Margot, uh, Harry and I should start investigating. Oh, well,
0: I'm sorry. I forgot about you for a moment. This is my fiancé, Edwin Chalmers. And my solicitor. I forgot to mention him earlier.
3: Yes, uh, uh, Vine and Winterbottom, Esquire. Lawson family attorney. tiny. You're Will Ruby the Seamus, aren't you? Yeah, that's me.
1: This is my sister and partner Harriet, also known as Harry.
3: I'm glad to see Margot has pulled you two into her little drama. I'm sure you'll be able to prove she has been experiencing nothing more than bad dreams and coincidences.
2: So you don't think anyone's out to get her? <laughs> no. What on earth would be
3: the reason? She has no money, none worth talking about anyway, and she's the last in her family, so there are no relatives to challenge her. That you know of. Third cousins have
1: been known to pop up if they think money's around. Speaking of relatives, what do
3: you know about Terrence Lawson? <laughs> Terrence Lo- Lawson. <laughs> ah, that old so-and-so. Ah, there are stories, but that's all they are. No truth to any of them. Tell me anyway... Maybe someone is taking them very seriously. Ooh, very well. Terrence Lawson, Margot's great-great-great-grandfather, was a rascal. The Lawson family had amassed a sizable fortune over several generations. When Terrence inherited it about a hundred years ago, he squandered all of it in less than five years. Some was lost in bad investments, some was gambled away, and some was spent building this house. He was the first Lawson to come to America, and the first thing he did when he got here was replicate his ancestral home. (laughs) That's pretty much all that's left of the Lawson legacy. The only other things are the family Bible that dates back to the 16th century, and the portrait of Terence, both of which are in the study if you want to see them. His descendants built some of the fortune back, but uh, it's only a fraction of what it was, just barely enough to cover Margot's necessities. Mm, certainly doesn't sound like there's a motive for
1: anything, but we'll take a look around anyway. If there really are boot prints in the attic,
5: then something is going on. Excuse me. Did you say there are boot prints in the attic? Margot.
0: I didn't want to worry you, dear heart. Yes, I found the prints yesterday morning.
5: I want to see these prints. Let's go.
1: It would be better if you let us investigate. The fewer people to disturb any evidence, the better.
4: He's right, Ed. He is the expert, after all. And
0: I would never forgive myself if you got hurt.
3: (sighs) Very well.
0: Baudelaire, please escort the rubies upstairs and show them how to access the attic.
5: Of vos service, madame. This way,
1: please. What do you make of Miss Lawson's troubles, Baudelaire?
5: Did you see or hear any of them? I regret that I have not been witness to any of Madame's allegations, not as they happened. The bookcase did fall onto her bed. I had to hire a couple of stout lads to assist me in writing it. It has been fastened to the wall so there will not be a repeat of that unfortunate incident. I did not see the bootprint in the attic, as she did not wish me to risk injury. I have bad knees, you see, and the only access to the attic is via ladder. I did notice traces of dust on that whole carpet, but I could not tell you if it was from an intruder or the madame herself after she ventured to investigate. And you, being the most efficient butler, that carpet was cleaned as soon as you
1: saw that dust.
5: Indeed, sir. Did I err? Mm, No,
1: no, not at all. We wouldn't have learned much from that dust. Hopefully we'll learn much more
5: from the attic. Here you are, monsieur, madame. Do be careful. Thanks.
2: I'm surprised this place has an attic. (laughs) It doesn't look like it from the outside. I
1: have a feeling this place has a lot of secrets. Oh, uh, there are the boot prints.
2: Nothing remarkable about them. No maker's brand, no specific tread, no cut or other mark in the sole. They're an average size, too.
1: Actually, there's something very remarkable about them. Don't you see what it is? No. That they're here at all. Look at the rest of the attic. Do you see dust anywhere else?
2: Now that you mention it, no. It's really clean in here.
1: Yeah, except for this one spot. How handy that the intruder managed to walk in the only dirty spot in the place. (laughs) It's not even real dust, it's flour
2: Really? Uh, Makes me wonder if there was an intruder Is someone trying to pull the wool over Margot's eyes? Or ours?
1: Very good question Another good question? Why either one? There's no motive, not without money I don't see love being a factor here
2: No obvious motive The fact that things have happened means there is a motive
1: Mm, Excellent point I now forgive you for missing the planted prints.
2: So what's the next move?
1: We go back downstairs and observe. That attic had a faint whiff of decomposing mackerel. The same smell the whole case had. For the record, I don't like mackerel. I was tempted to ditch the case right then and there. I don't like being let on, and I really don't like people playing games at my expense. Harry talked me out of it. She said she believed Margot, And to admit, I did too. That meant one or all of the others weren't to be trusted. We decided to pretend the prints were real to see the reactions we'd get. We also decided that, since we seemed to be in the throes of a gothic novel, that we'd play that angle to the hilt.
3: Oh, there you uh, are, Will.
1: So. What's the verdict? Jury's still out. There were footprints up there, though. I don't think it's safe to leave Margot alone tonight, so Harry and I have decided to stay
5: here with her.
0: Oh, Will, thank you. I feel so much safer with you here.
5: If they're staying, then so am I. I really should be the one protecting you, dear heart.
0: Oh, Edwin, I dared not ask you for fear of you becoming a victim as well. If your heart is set on it...
4: It is. Very much so.
0: Very well, then. A pajama
4: party? How do I get an invite?
0: Oh, I wish you would stay. I'd like that, Beverly.
4: <laughs> How about you, Vern? You wouldn't want to be left out, would you?
3: Stay here overnight? I, I don't... Uh... <laughs> well, uh, very well. Um, I suppose it will be best.
0: Oh, Baudelaire, please ready five rooms. I'll take over
2: preparing dinner.
5: A votre service, madame.
2: I'll help you, Margot. So will I. I'm not a great cook, but I can take directions. And I'm a pretty good vegetable chopper. Uh,
1: before you do that, would you mind running out and filling an overnight bag for me?
2: Only if you don't mind me doing the same for myself. Uh, back in a flash. So, is Harry your... Sister.
1: How about you? Are, are you married, Miss Palmer?
4: <laughs> it's Beverly to hunks like you... Bev, if you don't want to tire your mouth. And no, I don't have time for a husband. Oh? What keeps you busy? The family business. I spend most of my time traveling. Just came back from New York, in fact.
0: Beverly's one of the Palmers, you know. Of Palmer Stationery. The stationery used by all of the crowned heads of Europe since the Georgian era.
1: Whoa, whoa, wait. The fancy writing paper with the palm tree watermark?
4: That's us! That's us! Well, me now. My father just passed away. I'm the last Palmer. Margot exaggerates. We were the exclusive stationer to the Elite once upon a time, but not for a while. A couple of rough patches caused us to have to adapt from being the stationer to the only of the Elite to putting our goods in every drugstore, stationers, department store we could. But it's worked out. Turns out
0: the common man spends more money. Beverly? She means your average, everyday human like all of us, of course.
1: Of
5: course. So what do you do, Edwin? I have a small investment firm. It's not nearly as exciting as your job, but it's a good fit for me. I'm not much of an adventurer, I'm afraid.
0: Which is just fine with me.
5: Do you have a date set
1: for your wedding?
0: September 15th. If I live that long.
4: (laughs) Oh, come, come, come. Of course you will. Come on, let's get supper started. That will take your mind off of things.
5: I'll join you. I'm useless in the kitchen, but I can manage setting the table.
3: Oh, poor child. She's always been a, a fragile thing. Oh, so she's susceptible to flights of fancy, so to speak? Oh, no, no. She was insulated as a child, not exposed to the world, so she has few coping skills. Edwin's been good for her. He's boring, but supportive. And Beverly? Ah, she's a bit of a wild one, but Margot dotes on her. I imagine there will be fewer visits for her once Margot and Edwin are married. Wedded Bliss seems to be anathema to Miss Palmer. She's been asked more than once, but uh, she turned them all down. Maybe she just prefers being a career woman. Just out of curiosity,
1: what, uh, what happens to Margot's estate when she's gone? She
3: said she's the last of the family. That is a question with a complicated answer. Margot only has control of a trust fund. She wishes part of it to go to Beverly, part to Baudelaire, and the rest to her favorite charity. The house and its contents are in a separate trust and are to be sold. Seventy percent of the proceeds are to go to various charities as appointed by Lawson ancestors. The remaining thirty percent, um, well, goes to me. Ah, payment for your services as lawyer and real estate broker.
1: Mm. Should be a tidy sum. Oh, that must be Harry. I'll get it.
2: Have I missed anything?
1: No. I think the fun is yet to come, like after bedtime. They all say everything is ginger peachy and the others are wonderful, but I'm convinced one of them is behind all of this. They have to be. Who else would care?
2: Any inkling as to which one?
1: Not yet. They're all equal suspects. Even Margot. She wouldn't be the first person to concoct a ghost to get attention.
5: Oh, that was clever, Miss Harry. I never would have deduced that you walking in place and counting in your fingers was the 39 steps. I'm glad I was on your team.
2: I wish Will had been. He figured it out right away.
5: I am a detective. It would have been bad if I
3: hadn't. And uh, I am ready to turn in. Oh, five rounds of charades is enough for me.
0: <laughs> I understand. I'm very tired myself.
3: Of course you are, my love. You've been positively
5: heroic entertaining us all this evening, as exhausted as you must be. In your interest, in your interest alone, I declare this evening's entertainment over. I
2: second that motion. Uh, Just point me to my bedroom. Oh, Oh, Would you mind
0: terribly sleeping in my room, Harry? I would feel so much safer if you did. I can have Baudelaire move another bed in there. There's plenty of room. Sure. I'd be happy to.
4: Gee, I was going to offer to do that. But if your best friend isn't good enough, then well. will Oh, Beverly, I'm sorry.
0: I didn't mean to. It's It's
4: okay. I get it. After all, you are paying her to protect you. Just know I'll be right down the hall in case you need a backup. I'm in the last bedroom from the stairs on the right, Harry. I like it because it has a turret.
5: Pardon, madame. I anticipated madame's needs, and the bed you just spoke of has already been relocated to your room.
0: You know me so well, Baudelaire. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night, William. Good night.
1: So, this is what it's like to stay in a castle. (laughs) I could get used to it, even though sleeping in a huge bed with curtains around it. That really is the biggest bed I've ever seen. Hmm, pajamas or stay in my clothes. The chance that something is going to happen is probably the 100%, so I'll just stay as is. Is the bed as comfortable as it is huge? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little too comfortable. I think I'll settle in the chair. Five minutes in there and I'll be dead to the world for hours. Oh. <laughs> this is pretty comfortable, too. So, uh, who's behind the shenanigans? I really don't think it's Margot. I lose the other four. Maybe not Baudelaire.
5: Too obvious. Yeah. Hmm. No, what, what are you doing? I, I, I don't understand. What, what's going on? No! <coughs> what?
3: what was that? Uh,
0: it's the phantom! You heard it, didn't you, Will?
3: We all did,
1: Margot.
4: That whale came from downstairs.
1: Beverly, come back upstairs. Stay here with Margot. You too, Vernon. Harry and I will investigate.
2: Do you think it was? The
1: what doesn't matter as much as the who. Notice who was missing?
2: Baudelaire, but that makes sense. His room is right by the kitchen. Wait, Edwin was missing.
5: Bingo. I thought I heard someone staring. Has something happened, monsieur? We're about to find out. The sound came from the study. Come with me. Monsieur Edwin is on the floor. Is he...
1: Yeah, yep, he's dead, Baudelaire. His head has been cracked open. Most likely with the poker on the floor next to him. Time to call Big Brother, Harry.
3: Ah, for pity. You never fail to come up with the weird ones, little brother. This one is all the makings of a Victorian horror novel. (laughs) Funny. That's what I
1: said at first. Now, I think I should be a... A squat Belgian with a
3: fancy moustache, and you should be from Scotland Yard. <laughs> Murder most foul. Uh, any idea who or why? I think the murderer would like us to think it was Le Phantom. Uh, the... Phantom? Yeah, that's
1: why we're here. Our client claimed a phantom, or someone playing and being a phantom, has been stalking her the past few nights. It's a sum one. We found carefully planted boot prints in the attic.
3: (sighs) And I
1: thought this case was
3: weird as is.
1: You find anything else? Not as far as the phantom goes. Harry and I checked the doors and windows while we waited for you. That window over the desk has a broken pane.
3: The front door was unlocked. The burglar surprised the victim. Or the murderer tried to throw suspicion. (sighs) All right, I'll have both dusted for prints. Good idea, though. I have a feeling we'll find out they're just lead LEs. And- Hope that feeling is right. I don't want to chase all over town for a suspect. Alright, so who was in the house besides you and Harry? Margot,
1: Margot Lawson, our client, Baudelaire, the butler, Beverly Palmer, Margot's best friend, Vernon Winterbottom, the family lawyer, and Edwin here, who is
3: hmm, was Margot's fiance. That's a short list, I like it. Bet it's even shorter than that. I bet this guy was the one who was trying to drive your client crazy. She figured it out. They argued, and she walloped him on the head with that poker.
2: I hate to disappoint you, Jojo, but she couldn't have done it. Not only is she not emotionally capable, I'm her alibi. We're sharing a room. She was in her bed when we heard people running out into the hall. Yeah, where is she now? Back in bed. She fainted when she got news about Edwin, so I carried her in and put her there. Beverly and Vernon are with her now. I figured if either one was the murderer, they wouldn't try anything with a witness.
3: good thinking. Where's the butler? Did you require my services, monsieur? Where did you come from?
5: The kitchen, sir. I thought madame might need something to calm her, so I made some chamomile
3: tea. Would you care for some? No, thanks.
2: Uh,
3: so where were you when the murder occurred? My room, sir. I had just
5: retired and was reading when I heard an odd noise, like a whale. I armed myself with my trusty flashlight. It's a special one, made for security guards and the like, and ventured into the hallway. I reached the stairs just as Monsieur Will and Mademoiselle Harry were coming down them. We discovered Monsieur Edwin together.
3: You didn't hear anything before that? No, sir. My
5: hearing isn't what it used to be. It's difficult to hear the rest of the house from the kitchen or my room in the best of situations, due to the thickness of the walls and unusual floor plan. The only reason I heard the wail well is because it was rather loud. Mm-hmm. How long you worked for Miss Lawson? My whole adult life, monsieur. My family has worked for the Lawson family for generations. And before you ask, no, I would not have considered another profession. I like what I do, and I like who I do it for. Now, that is curious. What is? The poker next to Michel Edwin, monsieur. That is
3: not a poker for this room. That poker is still in its stand. Yes, so it is. The handle of the murder weapon is a different design. Huh. Know where it came from? I'm afraid not, sir. Most of the rest of the fireplace sets in the house
5: carry that design. Only this study and the great hall... What Miss Margot refers to as the drawing room have the different design. Helpful and? Not helpful at all. I'm sorry, sir. Had I known a fireplace implement would be used to commit murder, I would have selected different designs when I purchased them twenty years ago.
3: Do you require anything else? Not now. Just don't go too far. Au votre service. Oh, I don't trust him. No one can be that agreeable. (laughs) You don't trust anybody, big brother. Yeah, I trust you to make work for me, and I trust Harry to get into trouble. Where is the rest of this whodunit cast?
2: Upstairs, Papa Bear. Follow me. Ben and Will still keeping you up at night? You're even grumpier than usual.
3: (sighs) No, no, it's Lillian. She has her first loose tooth, and it's putting her in a panic. I want to pull it, but she won't let me. Takes after her uncle. You panic with your first two, Will.
1: (laughs) I'll never forget it. You tied one end of a piece of string to my tooth, one to the bedroom doorknob and slammed the door shut. Came out with a pop. I think I cried the whole day.
2: I remember that too. Why did you cry so long? I
1: I didn't think the tooth fairy would come if the tooth didn't fall out on its own.
2: Did she? I don't remember.
1: Yes, I got a whole quarter and a note. It said, don't worry, pulling it out counts. It doesn't matter how it got under the pillow as long as it's really your tooth. Signed, the Tooth Fairy.
4: Huh.
3: I still have that note. Yeah, um, <clears throat> words to live by. Gives me a few ideas.
2: Margot, this is our brother, Lieutenant George Ruby of Homicide. George, Margot Lawson, Beverly Palmer, and Vernon Winterbottom.
3: Lieutenant Ruby and I have already had the pleasure. I was one of the defense attorneys on the Saul Rubin case. I will say, once I heard you were the one who arrested Rubin, who I wanted to quit, I knew we'd never have a chance. And we didn't. That's my brother. When he arrests someone, they stay arrested. That is the point of police work. I'll get the guilty party committed this murder, too. Will and Harry have given me the basic story. Is there anything any of you can add to it? I uh, don't see how we could. We were all in our rooms when it happened. Uh, we heard someone cry out and then ran into the hall. Any idea why Edwin was downstairs?
0: None. Unless he thought that cry was my phantom and went down to confront him. Oh, my poor Edwin.
2: Margo needs some space. I'll stay with her. Why don't the rest of you find another room to chat? You don't have to. I can stay.
4: It
1: would be better if you came with us, Beverly. I'm sure the lieutenant has questions. I know I do.
4: I don't know what I could add, but if you say so, okay. Uh, let's
3: go back to the drawing room. Well, poke around while I talk to these yo-yos. Start with the victim's room.
1: Quite here, Detective Inspector. So, Edwin, were you the Phantom? Or did you confront him? Who exactly are you, anyway? Well, let's start with your pockets. Oh, thanks for changing into your pajamas and making this a little easier, by the way.
2: Margo finally dropped off, so JoJo said to come and help you. Uh, find anything yet?
1: No, but I just got started. It's interesting that Edwin had spare clothes and pajamas here, don't you think?
2: It's not all that surprising, considering how flighty Margot is. And how Victorian. I don't know how many gothic novels you've read, but if a house was big, everyone stayed in it. I don't think
1: I've read any, so I'll believe you. I've got his wallet here. Nothing but his driver's license, a few stamps, and about... Fifty dollars in it. The only other thing in his pocket was a set of keys... Huh, well, oh, looks like he had a key to this place.
2: Mm, sure does. I've never seen a modern lock use a key that big. Oh, what else is in here? Another suit in the closet. The dresser? Ooh, men's stuff.
1: <laughs> what else would there be? No, don't don't answer that. Top of the dresser has a doily, his brush, a bottle of cologne. Aw, Picture of Margot.
2: Is it just me, or is there a very slight lump under that picture? Uh, not right under, under the doily.
1: Hmm. Oh, so there is. Huh, good catch. Let's see what it is. Oh, it's a small diary. Uh, uh, uh-oh. uh oh. What? The first couple of pages are full of notes about Margot, the kind of notes somebody makes when they're planning a scam. <laughs> the word gullible is underlined.
2: Uh oh, is right. What else?
1: There are references to the furniture and artwork in the house. He said most of it is good quality, but not priceless.
2: He was casing the place. Uh, does he admit to being Margot's stalker?
1: No. No, in fact, I found evidence to the contrary. Listen to this entry from yesterday. Think I just found the clue to Terrence's treasure. Staying tonight so I'll have a chance to search. Hopefully, won't run into Margot's ghost.
2: Terrence's treasure? Uh, But I thought he squandered all of his money.
1: Edwin apparently didn't think so. He found something somewhere that was compelling enough to concoct this elaborate scheme. Mm,
2: Good point. His diary entry says he was keeping an eye out for the Phantom. That means the murderer must be the Phantom. Uh, Is the Phantom after the same thing?
1: Maybe. Let's check alibis for the last few days. Beverly mentioned yesterday that she had just gotten off a plane from New York before she came here. Make a couple of calls and see if you can verify that. And find out where Vernon said he was. Then find out if he was really there. George is probably already working on Edwin's story.
2: What will you be doing?
1: Going back to the study. The crime scene boys should be done by now. The clue Edwin wrote about must be in there.
2: Got it. I'll come find you when I'm done. Be careful, Willie. This place would give me the creeps without phantoms and murderers.
1: Yeah, you and me both. (laughs) Whew, this study is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Someone could hide a legion of soldiers in here. Nobody would know. So a treasure is certainly feasible. Well, the book, the size of a steamer trunk, on a brass stand has to be the Bible Vernon mentioned. <laughs> and there's the portrait of old Terence himself. He's tried to seem upstanding, posing with his hand on that Bible, but yeah, he looks like a rascal. Give him a sword and an eye patch, make one heck of a pirate. Now, how about Edwin. We found him lying in front of the desk here. Does his diary reference the desk? Ah, no, darn it. Wait. What, what is this little drawing in the last page? Looks like a crest or something—a shield with a the palm tree. I, I think I've seen that before. Oh. Oh.
5: service madam oh I do believe he is coming around uh, uh, who,
1: uh, oh, who turned out the
5: lights uh,
1: Margot, why am I on the floor
0: <laughs> we were hoping you could tell us dear heart I couldn't sleep for very long so I rose and dressed and came downstairs I saw your feet in the study doorway Baudelaire just happened to be coming in this direction, so I had him follow me in here. Oh, I thought they had left poor Edwin's body. Imagine my shock to find you here. What on earth happened?
1: someone hit me on the head from behind. I didn't even hear them coming.
0: It wasn't me, I swear. Could it have been the Phantom?
1: No, it wasn't you. The diary. The diary. It was in my hand. You had nothing in your hand when we came in, monsieur. No. No, I don't imagine I did. The person who hit me took it, I'm sure. Uh, Baudelaire, would you help me up, would you? A votre service, monsieur.
2: Will, are you okay?
1: We heard Margot shout. What happened? I think the murderer decided I got too close to the truth. Uh, I'm just glad the crime scene crew took the poker out of here. (laughs) I could have been the second victim.
0: Oh, so am I. The world could not suffer your loss. Were they right? The murderer, I mean? Do you know who killed my poor Edwin?
1: I do. But you need proof. Yeah, but I think it's gettable. Uh, Where are Beverly and Vernon? In the drawing room. Good. Harry, take Margot there and stay with them. Make sure nobody leaves. Stuff the room with cops if you have to.
2: On it. Uh, Let's go, Margot.
1: Baudelaire, you know this
5: house like the back of your hand. Are you aware of any secret passageways? Why, oui, monsieur. There are several, some of which we use on a regular basis as they are much faster than navigating the house. The ones we use the most are the ones that go from the kitchen to the drawing room and the one that runs from the upstairs library to the downstairs library, the room next to this. And everyone here knows about them? Certainement. Madame has hosted more than one party in which they have played life-size games of Cluedo. And the passages are used much like the passages in the board game.
1: Yeah, Thanks, Baudelaire. Uh, please join the others in the drawing room. We'll, we'll be there shortly.
3: Au to service, monsieur. <sighs> Secret passages were given in a nutty house like this. figure that's how the murderer got down here. Probably the victim, too.
1: Mm, yeah, most likely. Uh... Hey,
3: George, look at that painting. What do you see? A man I'm glad isn't here. With an expression like that, I would have arrested him before I knew if he'd done anything wrong. (laughs) Why? What is he doing? He's pointing to the Bible in front of him. That big Bible on the table, if I'm not mistaken. If this is a quiz, he's specifically pointing to a verse from Daniel, according to the top of the page. Looks like chapter 5, verse 5. Odd uh, that that part is written so legibly when the rest of the page is just squiggles. Yeah,
1: odd or on purpose. Let's look up Daniel. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand wrote near the lampstand. Terence,
3: <laughs> Terrence, you old devil. I see where you're going, and I see where we could go. No lampstand, but there's a wall sconce across from the desk that has to be original to the house. Think there's anything to it? Yeah, let's find out. There's a brass hand just below the sconce. It looks like it's holding the sconce up, but it's just decoration. And the sconce has a snuffer
1: that has a point at the end, like a quill pen. Put the snuffer in the hand, big brother. Mm,
3: Nothing happened. Let's see if I can turn the hand to make it look like it's writing on the wall. Whoa.
1: Huh. <laughs> Nicely done, big brother. So, what's in here? Nothing but a letter. Whoa, oh, but what a letter. Look at the name in the third paragraph. Huh. Well, well. What is it the same family? I know it is. We now have motive... As crazy as it is, we're still a little light on proof, but I have a feeling that when we reveal this letter to the guilty party, they'll provide plenty of proof all by themselves.
3: Shall we go reveal le killer, Detective Inspector? By all means, my dear Belgian detective.
2: Do you think
4: they finally did it? Well, I, mean, I can't believe it is happy so fast.
3: go, will! Margot told us of your mishap. Are you all right? (laughs) Ginger Peachy, thanks. You have a look that says you know who killed Edwin.
1: I do. We do. And we know why. Oh, good. Do tell.
4: That sounds like a challenge, Vernon. A challenge to prove you're the guilty party.
3: What? Me? To perish the thought? What motive would I have?
0: Beverly, Vernon, please. What motive would any
1: of us have? A very good question indeed. The murderer's motive is directly connected to their motive for terrorizing Margot. You see, once upon a time, there was this man. He was the only son in a very prosperous family. We'll call him Terry. Terry was handsome and clever and charming and spoiled. As he became a man, he also became restless and probably greedy. A large fortune wasn't enough. He wanted a huge one, so he concocted get-rich-quick schemes, invested in others. He had lots of friends, but few that were close. One in particular idolized this Terry. He was also from a wealthy family, a family that had made its fortune through hard work and the creation of goods that became highly sought after. This friend believed in Terry, and whatever Terry sunk money into, so did he. None of the investments panned out, and the riches of both families were quickly reduced nothing. There were hard words and threats, maybe even lawsuits, but in the end, both families were broke. Neither one completely recovered, not even to this day. The friend's family managed to rebuild their business, as they were very good at what they did, but they never forgot the damage done. They swore to wreak revenge on Terry's descendants. Years went by. Now, there is only one last member of Terry's family remaining, and one last descendant of Terry's friend. The one has no knowledge of the story, but the other does, and keeps the hate and need for revenge burning. Death was too good for one with the blood of Terry. Driving them insane would be much more satisfying. So, the Phantom was created. Isn't that right? Beverly?
4: (laughs) Me? The Phantom?
3: (laughs) You, Miss Palmer. We just found a letter written by Terence Lawson describing his misdeeds. It includes how he felt terrible ruining his best friend, Garland Palmer, but that he couldn't do a thing about it as he was both broke and out of favors. Uh,
0: Beverly? Is this true?
4: Yes. Yes, it's all true. Your great-great-great-grandfather ruined my family, stole everything we had, everything we sacrificed blood and tears to build. My great-great-great-grandfather ended up taking his own life because of it. He made his son promise to get revenge, but your family was worse off than ours, so the vow of revenge was left unfulfilled and over time forgotten. I didn't know anything about this until recently. I decided to go through my father's safety deposit box after he passed. And I found a journal that had been passed down to him. I read that journal and blood started to boil. I've had to work so hard to keep the business afloat and it was all because of your family. I love you, Margot. I really do. And I always will. It was never personal, but I had to stay true to my family. You can see that, can't you? I could never have murdered you, Margot. I just wanted you to suffer a a
3: little. But you are a murderer, Miss Palmer. You killed Edwin. He figured out you were the fandom, didn't he? He tried to blackmail
4: you. Now, wait a minute.
3: Nah, it had to be you.
1: When we heard the yell and ran out into the hall, you were the closest to the stairs. Your room is the furthest away from the stairs. You couldn't have gotten to the stairs without being heard, and I know I didn't hear you. Which means you were coming up the stairs, not heading down them. It,
4: it was an accident. I went downstairs to pull another phantom stunt. I caught Edwin flipping through the Bible. I heard him mutter something about a treasure. The dirty skunk discovered Terrence had hidden money in the house and was trying to steal it. I wanted it. He owed it to my family. He heard me and came after me. I had the poker from my room with me to bang on the walls. He grabbed for it and I, I just lashed out. I never would have killed him or anyone on purpose. I hate this. I
2: hate my family. I hate myself.
5: Sirs, she's heading for the secret passage that leads straight up to the parapets.
2: I'll get her.
3: Very sad ending to a very difficult story. Thank you for coming tonight, Will, Harry. I'm sure you've seen more than enough of this drawing room and this house for a lifetime. But there are a few loose ends we all need to tie. I agree with all of that.
5: Would you care for a drink, monsieur, madame? I've prepared some Southside cocktails.
2: How speakeasy of you. I'd love one.
5: Yeah, me too,
1: thanks. So, which loose end do you want to tackle first, Vernon? Where's Margot,
3: by the way? Ah, Margot has checked herself into a private sanitarium for a few days in, in order to cope with what has happened. She sends her regrets for missing this meeting and her eternal gratitude for bringing the truth to light.
2: She doesn't hate us for exposing her fiancé as a crook and her best friend as a phantom and a murderer?
3: Not at all. Margot is stronger than she makes herself out to be, and I believe the truth has made her stronger. As to your question, Will, I am very curious as to the entire contents of Terrence's letter. Lieutenant Ruby whisked it away before I had a chance to read it. I told
1: everyone most of it when I told that story this morning. There was one interesting part I didn't get to, though. Apparently Terrence had squirreled away a chunk of the family fortune at one point. Oh? So Edwin was right. Huh. Where is it now? Edwin would have been right in 1878. In 1879, it was gone. Terrence wrote in his letter that he apologized sincerely to the heirs he'd tried to provide for, but he needed the cash and valuables he had hidden away where we found the letter. It seems someone had convinced him to invest in a machine that would allow men to
3: fly like birds.
2: (laughs) Sounds to me as if Terrence Lawson was more of a visionary than a rascal. Hmm.
3: Agreed. Too bad he couldn't envision the future for his descendants. Excuse me, might I interject? Uh, please, I bet
5: your family knows more about Terence Lawson than anyone else. I do believe you are correct. I do know Mr. Terrance was well-loved by my family, and that he was especially close to my great-great-great-grandfather. I have in my possession several letters between the two. Perhaps, along with the letter you found, monsieur, that a book could be produced
3: about what sounds like a very interesting man? Brilliant idea, Baudelaire! Huh! They say the pen is mightier than the sword. Perhaps it is capable of greater riches than even a visionary could anticipate. I'll go fetch them, monsieur.
5: I wonder if I should mention the key my father gave me. Such an odd key, very similar to a key for a crypt that I saw once. You know, I think I'm with Baudelaire's family. I like Terence Lawson too,
1: even if he is a rascal. If the book doesn't work out, Margot could always open this house as a museum to terence to, to terence
0: this has been another episode of the adventures of william ruby private detective brought to you by sugar twinkles cereal sugar twinkles they're made with sugar for energy and a fairy dusting of eight vitamins and minerals to make it twinkly healthy grown-ups and kids alike love sugar twinkles make it a part of your breakfast Tonight's cast included Lauren Bombauer, Val Coons, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rachelle Wasserman, and Keith Wright. Cast member emeritus, Helen Alimano. Story by Val Coons. Sound patterns by Val Coons. This has been a Cute Footsteps production.
3: da 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 I'll never give me shoot and cornpone. The duck of regret. My my mouth got away from my eyeball. I think twenty-seven times is enough.
0: City, my family has called home for almost a hundred years. Can you hear the ice cream truck?
2: I'm <laughs>